0: we want a buckshot? Nah. We got enough books.
1: I'd be pretty into a buckshot. Do you feel okay with that, Roman?
2: I don't really have anything to buckshot. You got three books right three here.
0: mother bucking books.
2: I want
1: to hear about Planet of the Noids.
0: Is that weed juice? What? No. That's orange juice. Some.
1: That would be so fucking awesome if Roman was <laughs> up here drinking wedges. My, I've been wearing pants lately. Some of you. It's, it's too hot yeah. for pants. It's happening.
0: Really? Yeah. I don't, uh. I don't wear nothing but pants.
1: acceptable podcast episode 131 uh, where today three boys sit down excited roused caffeinated awake feeling alive after having picked up many a comic book from the ups store brought them into this fine feathered comic shop and uh, began sorting counting filing away all the books that they were excited about and not excited about uh, at which point, they took all the ones they were excited about home to their respective quiet places and engaged in a very uh, s- sort of sensual, s- semi-erotic, creatively nourishing uh, relationship with the books. And then they came back to the shop, uh, They they whether at their normal shift time or a later shift time, and uh, got to see all the wonderful people that, that uh, engage in commerce at that said shop. And now, they escape to the pap cave in the sky. Ugh. And... Uh, <laughs> And get to have a, a comic book podcast where they make each other giggle, engage in friendship banter, and a variety of tangents either related to or unrelated to the shop, the books, or the comings and goings of their life. I'm Jeff, and I'm going to keep kicking Roman's Shin tonight to make sure he's awake.
0: I'm Django, and uh, I brought all of my comics here in a big pack.
2: <laughs> I'm Roman, and I'm keeping my shins hidden. Are you going to go see Andegame?
1: You can never yes. hide your from me. What? <laughs> Indigame.
0: Indigame, the movie, the new movie.
1: Indigame.
0: Sure. Uh, we're going to spoil things this time? Oh, God, we're going to.
1: Who right. are our sponsors spoiled by? Oh,
0: who are <laughs> our spoilers sponsored by this week? Our spoilers this week are sponsored by Space Shirts. SpaceShirts.com. You get them, you look like you're in space.
1: Django Boren, today you are sporting a very nice space shirt.
0: I am. I feel like it's uh the, the infinite void is slimming.
1: I feel like it's space out.
0: It it is space out on me. Do you feel space
1: out? <laughs> do you feel like space out?
0: You know what I'm gonna do? What? Right out of the gate? Yeah. I'm gonna spoil something. Oh
1: god, guys, there's spoilers, so don't be those people who are mad about that. I'm
0: gonna spoil our podcast. We're gonna read Naomi number Ugh,
1: five. You're clever.
0: We're gonna read Incr uh Immortal Hulk, number 15? Plus two. 17. (laughs) We're going to read Spider-Man, Life Story, number
1: three. I have referred to that as Life of for like a week.
0: Yeah, I keep calling it Life and Times. I have a really (laughs) hard time searching for it on the computer. Uh, Daredevil, number five by Chip Dirk Dirk. Last stop on the red line from Dark Horse, number one. We're also going to talk about Batman number 71. What should we start with?
1: I think we should start with Naomi, because I'm interested in everybody's thoughts on that. Um, Baby, let me tell you. I have been really high on this book since it started. And this issue, written by Brian Bendis and David F. Walker with art by Jamal Campbell, seemed like a departure from the first four issues. Did anybody else feel that way? (laughs)
0: I, so you mentioned that the scripting seemed different, and I forgot that you'd mentioned that Mm -hmm. not 35 minutes after you said it when I was reading it. It's been (laughs) a busy day. Um, And so I was halfway through before I clocked it and then remembered that you had mentioned it. Okay. So Um, it did feel different to you? Yeah. It's, it's less, I guess it feels less like people talking and more like people scripted to talk.
1: And that's exactly how I felt about it.
0: And, and the. I really don't like narrated square boxes at this,
1: all. This was... I think Django's had a, a, a pretty logical statement about this series, which is that he hasn't gotten a big info dump. Not an info dump, but you haven't gotten you know a lot of story information at any point.
0: We had, his, we had three issues that were holding... Like, almost a holding pattern.
1: yeah. And it was character development that I really enjoyed, but there wasn't much indicator of who this person was or what the direction of this thing was. And the art is amazing. But number four, we started to get some answers. And then this one was like they took all of the text from the first three issues that would have been story and did them as like narration, not even like of a conversation, of basically Naomi receiving a transmission from her mother explaining... Her entire origin and the history of where she's from. A lot of double page spreads with huge amounts of text on them.
0: You know, the last page says to be concluded. I know. And that makes me wonder if this is a
1: six issue mini where she's going to go into like Young Justice or.
0: That would be so weird. This is one of the most <laughs> excited I've seen people about a comic. Like this. Not not necessarily readers, but speculators. Like this comic has to be outselling almost everything else with that Bendis is doing. Issues four and five. Yeah, with issues one through three, one through three, like super small orders. Well, yeah, but they did reprints and reprints and right. final prints. Like, right. this series is outselling. I would say probably seventy percent of DC. Interesting. Um, wow. I have no numbers to back that up, but that's just my my gut and the buzz that it's got. And so. To decide to end it and one issue before the end, do what feels like at the pacing of the rest of this series would have taken six issues to get through, right? Like they could have yeah, eked yeah, out yeah. the history of her mom's earth slowly but surely. It's almost over like a lot of issues. The
1: sales of issues one through three were so low. That they needed to, they, they decided that they were just doing a six issue. And then right around the time of issue three coming out, speculators got really into it. And, yeah. Because they did those additional printings rapidly. It was not like yeah. a month apart like usual. It was like once a week there was a new printing of it. Right. Um, which which is crazy. So all of that aside, uh, what did you all think of the story in it and who this character is and the art?
2: I really liked Naomi's relationship with her friend and how her friend reacted. Do you think it's a friend or is there a romance to you? I thought they were just best buds. Are you okay.
0: saying that because she calls her baby? Yeah. Every single fucking person in this book calls somebody baby at some point. <laughs> and they're like... It's, it's like a crutch word in here. For,
2: yeah.
1: For yeah. sure. Yeah. And and there's also a lot of physical contact and like resting heads on... Tr- I, yeah, maybe it's just friends. I don't know. I was just trying to decide that.
2: Yeah, and yeah. and maybe they are. I don't know. And And... I was just curious because
1: I couldn't figure it out when I read it. Whatever,
2: I like the relationship the best out of the issue, other than the art, like on these pages. But Naomi's actual origin and everything—I I don't know. Maybe I was just too sleepy, but I—I I don't care. <laughs> well, we
0: got we got her origin last issue, which takes four pages or five pages to get through here, and then we get yeah, this her back mom's story. origin. Yeah, which And by proxy, the bad guys.
2: Yeah, and apparently her mom's from another earth, I think. Yep. I didn't even get for a while, like halfway through the book, that it's her mom that was doing this in inner narration that she's then telling. Naomi's telling to her friend. Her mom's
0: uh, digital info blanket absorbed itself into her hands right. and, and fed her all of this.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I mean, it's a lot of work here, a lot of texts. And I found myself, you know, I don't really care about this backstory. I don't care about this war. Let's get back to Naomi and her friend.
1: (laughs) I do like the backstory. I think that it was hard to make it through because of how much text was there. And it made it a little boring. I think that if this issue were two or three issues, that would have worked a lot better for me because it did yeah. make it hard to care when you're like oh shit m- another full page of text
2: yeah there was one double page where i got to and i was just and i usually i don't do this but I, where i got to it and i was like oh man
0: was <laughs> it the one with no boxes around the words yeah, yeah that that one. that's the yeah. one yeah. i was like damn that one
1: yeah. <laughs> i really like this backstory which is there was an earth and there was a crisis mm-hmm. and i like that use of the word crisis because you know dc heads know about crisis and it tied into current climate change stuff where the ozone layer was dissolved, but science wasn't able to detect that that was going to have some other effects. And the effects were that 26 people received God... 29 people received God-like powers. And some of those people used those powers for real, real bad stuff. And some of them tried to use them for good. And mostly there was a war, and a handful of those people left, disappointed. And some of the good ones were Naomi's parents, and they sent her here. And then the bad, the leader of the bad guys, shows up at the end. I th- was frustrated because the art, I think, has been gorgeous this whole series. I could not visually interpret this bad guy. Like, I stared at the final page where he burst through the thing for a while, and I was like, where is his head? All that said, I liked it. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I like the information, but not necessarily how it was presented. I'm
0: going to give it a six and a half. Um, mostly for making me work to read
2: it. Yeah, I'll give it a six.
1: Nice, nice, succinct. Everybody, I love it. Now let's not be succinct. Roman, mm. spill the beans.
2: <laughs> oh, you've got it. Spill you've the gamma beans. Uh, Mortal Hulk number seventeen by Al Ewing, and Joe Bennett, the usual guys.
1: For the first time, we're going to be talking about this book, but only one guy's going to be talking about it.
2: Uh, yeah, huh? It's another great issue. I've been sleeping um, on it. I don't know if you guys know that. I mean, it's it's got a gamma irradiated ants that Joe Fixit uses as a weapon. <laughs> and it's really cool. Um Joe Fixit that but he's Bruce he's stuck in Bruce Banner's body and he's fighting this guy that's trying to kill him, uh Bushwhacker I think is the guy's code name. And it's just a really great issue cuz it's all Joe Fix the Joe Fixit Vegas personality, Hulk personality and Bruce's ban- body stuck in this underground research military complex where they've hit these giant artificial sun lamps so we can't hulk out
1: so remind me joe chill joe fix it yeah. is
2: yep joe fix it killed bruce wayne's parents <laughs> he's gray hulk right <laughs> what if the hulk created batman um bruce, bruce yeah made bruce okay yeah he, so he was the gray second hulk. gray hulk okay sure yeah
1: um and intelligent right well-dressed yeah hanging out with logan Hires ants to do his work. Yep. I love that, again, with this Mortal Hulk run, at night he hulks out either way. So they've got these sun lamps so that he can't hulk out. So what yeah, happens? Yeah, and that was
2: a thing with Joe Fix I forgot about, too. He was also limited to being Gray Hulk when, um, at night. So
1: he, he would go back to Bruce during the day?
2: Yeah, apparently. I don't remember that exactly, but it re- refers to it in here. Um, so, yeah, and this gunfire guy's chasing around, torturing him, basically, because he's mad because, I don't know, Banner Hulk caused something bad to happen to this guy oh, he said he got him transported to hell earlier accidentally with everybody else. And there's just this great cat and mouse in this in this book and some great one scene where Joe Fixit Banner looks in a glass and he sees regular Hulk staring back at him and he's just like oh no I I'm I'm in control now.
1: Here's another question for you. So Joe Fixit Hulk was Grey Hulk you were saying that mm-hmm. apparently he would go back to Bruce in the day. Um does Joe fix it? Br- was it normal Bruce, and then Joe fix it was a Holt personality, or was Joe fix it Bruce, in fact, a different person? Does that make sense?
2: I think so, and I don't remember. Okay, because I haven't read those issues. Since I'm curious if the there stands. was,
1: you know, an actual different personality for the humanoid version of him at yeah. that time, but there yeah. is now.
0: That was a Peter David run, right?
2: Yeah.
1: It's all the Peter. Yeah, I mean, this From is all the start
2: of time. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he wrote it for like 14 years, 16 years.
0: Well, and were Al Ewing and Peter David, like, were they coming up at the same time? Is Al Ewing that old of a writer? I don't, I don't think, so. think so. Maybe I'm thinking of Abnett and Lanning were writing stuff around the same time mm. as Peter David was hot.
1: I saw Al Ewing yeah, for the probably. first time about five years ago. Okay. And yeah. he was maybe doing uh, UK stuff before that. But Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think he's his career is younger than Peter David's. Um, what I've forgotten but, yeah. is that they point out here... Uh, Joe figures out how to beat this guy um, because he has he has like a really clever he can kind of key into Banner's intelligence not to the same scientific level but he's clever enough he figures out a way to break into this computer and uh, trick trick the bad guy and big spoiler Joe figures out how to change the lighting in this complex. To bump it up a few wavelengths, so it becomes like intense gamma rays. Oh, <laughs> it no. go, yeah! It goes from solar radiation to gamma radiation. Light rays gamma are radiation. just sine yeah. waves moving yeah. at different frequencies and amplitudes. Yeah, it's, just, amplitudes. That's yeah, it's awesome. just radiation. And and he goads the guy into shooting him a bunch of times, and Goad. kind of lays down, and then tricks the guy into thinking he's dead. And then he gets up, and he and he tells him what he just did, and 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 then, and then he starts Ugh. hulking out. And we get this enormous...
1: Ultra Gamma Hulk. Yeah,
2: maybe the biggest double-page mega-Hulk grotesquerie that we've seen so far in the series.
0: I feel like Al Ewing was like, hey, uh, Marvel, how does Hulk sell? (laughs) (laughs) How about I
1: triple it? Kind of
0: like shit. He's like, would you just let me do anything I want with this character? (laughs) Like, can I give him 15 heads? halfway through the series if we were
1: to compare these sales to like the greg pack stuff right before this series Hmm. uh it's probably i think it's five times the sales i think we're selling about seven i think we sell about 35 now i'll bet it
0: would be i'll bet it's been since world war hulk or maybe even back in the the 90s that that hulk sold this well wow
1: so it, What do you give it, Roman? You loved it. Oh, I'll go to ten. I love you. That, that, goof, goof, I won't totally spoil I didn't it. I it was in a
2: boat. <laughs> I'm
0: covered in gooey duck.
2: <laughs> I won't totally spoil it. There's a thing at the end though, where we finally get to see what they did with Rick Jones's body. Oh, I'm and, thank you for not spoiling yeah, that. And yeah, and it's so cool. Yeah, Oh man, now I want to look at <laughs> it. Ties, don't it. In. Okay. look. Yeah, look. yeah, don't. It ties into Boop. some classic Hulk stuff. Um, it's it's just so good. Every issue of this, I'm I'm just like oh gleeful it's horrifying and and fun there's always a great letter there's a letter in here in the back from a guy it's alcoholic guy that you know rediscovered comics and his love of comics alcohol. with <laughs> <laughs> with the hulk with this series that's awesome yeah
0: um
1: i love yeah. roman giving things a 10 yeah you read it's, it's beefy i was spider-man life story number three by Chipsy dirk dirk and <laughs> mark bagley john dell and frank d'armata what would you all think of this issue?
2: Man, this was a blow. <laughs> man,
1: I like this series. I do too. But it sucks that I think it's appropriate, but being Spider-Man just makes Peter not likable and kind of ruins his relationship with everybody. Yeah,
2: yeah, making this more realistic. It's like, wow. This I, At the end of it, I was like, man, I want Spider-Man to be escapism and and not so real life yeah, it's, tragedy. It's painful to
0: read. <laughs> so yeah. do you think what we're learning here is that Peter's actual mutant ability is to keep people in his life? He doesn't seem still, super good at and that. And still be likable? No, in the regular universe. Oh. Like, not only can he climb on walls and shoot webs out of his whatevers, but he can also still have people like him and not think he's a total dink.
1: It's just, it's weird that I think that Chip Zdarsky is right on the money. I think that yeah. he's he's mm-hmm. writing this in a way that is logical, but it really, to me, uh, exemplifies the fact that when you crystallize a character as a sort of a moment in time, they don't age, which is sort of an inherent thing about comic <clears throat> books, it means that you don't have to experience the consequences of a lot, a lot of what that means, even though we try to write the consequences of those things. And this is brutal, man. I didn't, like, I want to keep reading this series and I certainly will, but I don't necessarily, like, it's, it hurt to read.
0: You know what it reminds me of a little bit is um, Irredeemable. Yeah. Uh, Except Marvel's letting him play with their actual toys instead of their Russian knockoff toys.
1: Yeah. You know, like... That was early boom.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it was great. It was like the story of... Not Superman, honest. Right. Cracking and killing, definitely not the Justice League, we promise. And it was like 30-ish issues, and it was a real big bummer that kind of delved into how shitty it would be to actually have superhero stuff Mm -hmm. going on. Just to have have kind of a realistic take on Spider-Man. This is almost like the Dark Knight Returns Spider-Man.
1: I do think that they did a really good job of, or he did a really great job of, taking a lot of important story elements and combining them into a narrative that makes sense. And as I was thinking about that, um, it, you know, it's basically what I feel like Graham Morrison did with Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he took 70 years of comic books and made it one person's life. And here we're taking basically 50 or 60 years of comic books and making it one person's life, mm. which I think is an awesome idea. Um, and Graham Morrison didn't retell the whole thing, but he, plug for our final crisis episode that's coming up. I spent 20 minutes on my couch yesterday, well probably 40, just crying while reading the two Batman issues of that final crisis thing where he basically does that that he spells out Batman's life in in this format. so I'm really excited huh. to talk about that with everybody. but uh, it's I think it's really well done, but I just wish it, that it kind of weren't so much a bummer.
2: Yeah, it's, it's depressing to see like realistic Spider-Man because, you know, normally I love Peter Parker and Spider-Man and I, I, it's one of the fictional characters I look up to and I don't look up to this guy. I mean, it's, it is really well done. I love how it hits all these different points in regular Marvel history as launch points for this story. I love these new consequences that because the American superheroes were gone, Russia attacked America and what it did to the vision, that's all mm-hmm. fantastic.
0: Yeah, I really like the Vision stuff there.
2: Yeah. yeah. Favorite
0: panel of the week was Venom Spider-Man digging his way out of that (laughs) grave just like that cover. Yeah. Holy cow. And I
1: think that the way that they're incorporating Venom into it is really cool. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. spoilers everyone, but yeah, uh, the symbiote basically seems like it's becoming Venom at the end of this by joining with Craven, which I think is a really cool idea. There's not a lot of room for Eddie Brock in that, but that's... That's cool, in a way of sort of condensing everything, I suppose.
0: Okay, okay, I read that as Craven killed himself and Venom helped, but you're right. That's that's Craven being taken over. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of comic books minus comic books. I guess. Yeah. Like, what if what if this actually happened?
1: Super, don't want to watch. It would suck. Yeah. Like Mary Jane having to take care of Aunt May with dementia and two babies because Pete's off somewhere. Yeah, because
2: he's off on Battle World during Secret Wars. Pete's
0: off somewhere, but also Aunt May has continued to age like she never has. Yeah. Right? Right. Like she started old as fuck, and guess what? 60 years later, she's still old as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But the same age. Right. And so I I really like – I really like – I mean, I guess maybe he's just kind of studying what happens if time passes right, mm-hmm. in a comic. Rather rather than, like, a, a gritty, realistic version, it's like, what if they weren't arrested? Right. Like, when a yeah.
1: thing's not crystallized for a moment, yeah. like, really what that does, what superheroes are. And and I I think it's a really well-done version of that. I'm glad that's only, like, six issues, though, because, like, I'm not trying to read much of this. <laughs> like, yeah. I want to read this whole thing, <clears throat> but I, I don't want to – I'm not – that's not why
2: I read Spider-Man. Yeah, it's really well done, but I don't want to, you know, have the fi- reading the final issue going, oh, Peter's uh, 87 now, and now he's dead. Yeah.
1: yeah. I give it a 7.5. I think that it didn't make me feel good, but I think it was well done. Yeah. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to keep this up. Like, I, I'll see this through to the end for sure, but this is not a thing I would want to read as an ongoing thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it an 8.5 because... I mean, the stuff with Mary Jane and just their struggles and all that, and Aunt May. I mean, geez. Yeah. Very affecting.
0: I would give it a nine. I'm going to subtract an entire point for the art, and then I'm going to add one point for that one panel, or half a point for that <laughs> one panel of the art, because that was awesome. But I never need to see Mark Bagley draw hair again. Yeah. I just, I have a real hard time with that.
1: Well, hey, let's keep talking about the Chip Man. Chip! Daredevil, number five, by Chip Zdarsky and Marco Cicchetto. Did where are we at with this one? Did
0: you read the last issue? Yeah. Where the cliffhanger was just Daredevil in a Punisher shirt. Yeah. It was so
1: rad. Did you read this issue where he didn't realize he put a Punisher shirt on, he just grabbed a shirt? That was
0: so <laughs> sad.
1: I thought it was awesome. Yeah. I thought that was that was like the little perfect oh. combo of his comedy and his drama.
0: Because he's blind.
1: Yeah. Did oh. you really not get that?
0: I thought that he just grabbed the shirt and didn't give a fuck because he was acting like he learned something from Frank, right? Yeah. Like, like he was being...
1: Well, what he learned from Frank was that he is not Frank, so that's why to put a Punisher shirt yeah. on seemed counter to that. Right,
0: right. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I like that even more. I, I like too. it Almost as much as him wrecking that van and then using the door for a shield. Yeah. I like it almost as much as him, like, the, the gray area that he's in with his friends. Like, he's confused about what they're thinking um, in the middle there. Yeah, and and the the kind of page-turn cliffhanger of who is in his room really impressed me, too.
1: Yeah, I did not like the gray area that he's in with his friends. I this was my least favorite of the series so far. But I've liked every issue a lot and I do think this was still very good. But I didn't like the hypocrisy from him when his friends were being decent to him. I mean I guess it's just showing how broken he is. Yeah. But it I just think that his friends were there being the people that they needed to be and he was like, "No, fuck you guys. You guys are the problem." And it's like, "Fuck, man." I'm not trying to read a fucking book about this guy either. Like it it I I don't know. I like the dark stuff that we do with Daredevil. I, I this book is gorgeous, and I am absolutely still on board for it, for sure. But I like the direction that it went. I like that Spider Man showed up and talked to him about his brokenness. I, I don't know.
0: I What do you think of him like it seems like he's quitting?
1: Which it seems like he's being forced to quit. Like it doesn't like It doesn't even seem like he could have come across that conclusion without somebody making him do it.
0: I don't think Spidey made him do it, though. He just said, like, Spidey kind of laid it out for him.
1: If any of us see you out there again, we're taking you down.
0: Well, okay. Okay. But then he says you're right. Yeah. Like, he he, he doesn't say, okay, don't take me down. He's like, okay, no. Yeah. Like, if if you're telling me this in these heavy-handed words, maybe I need to reconsider.
1: And, you know, I... I like Matt Murdock and this made me like Matt Murdock less. Okay. But, you know, like the Bendis run, there's parts where he's, it's demonstrating his brokenness. But it, it it was in a way that I always liked Matt throughout it. Right. And I identified with him. The way he treated his friends isolated me from Matt. And then the Mm -hmm. way that he couldn't come to a logical conclusion normally himself kind of isolated me from him. But I do like that the way that this run's been leading up to it. Because even in issue one, he's like, oh, I don't quite have what I used to be when he doesn't quite make it up that wedge. Right. Like, he's clearly been seeding this. So I like that that's the direction it's been going. But, you know, between this and that Spider-Man issue, I think that he's really good at writing characters that are maybe damaged enough that I'm not able to identify with them. It kind of falls into that it's always sunny in Philadelphia spot for me, which is sure. if I don't like the people and I can't identify with them, I don't necessarily want to spend time with them.
0: Do you think any part of this and the way that he's acting is going exactly according to someone's plan?
1: Po- very quite quite possibly. I actually,
0: Or do you think he actually killed the guy and and, and we're getting a Spider-Man life story or Daredevil life story? That
1: occurred to me in reading this was that <clears throat> what if, this guy was supposed to die and, you know, was...
0: What if it's the next part of his dream?
1: I think that he is skilled at making heroes, demonstrating personality aspects of a hero that makes them unlikable. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will credit it as skill as his part, but I don't know that it's what I want
0: to read. Do either of these books have letters pages? That's a good no, point. No, I don't think I so. Roman would know, yeah. I just wanted to <laughs> I wanted to write Chip a letter and just say... Hey Chip, where's the yucks? <laughs> no, I, I prefer no yucks chip. I prefer no, no yucks, yucks chip my chip. Yeah. Not even not even like a little yuck. I
1: like my chip yucks just in art without any writing. I like okay. I like my chip yucks in, in all of the posters of sex criminals in the sex shop.
0: And the I, mayor who's always doing something shady in the background in that book.
1: Yeah. I, I like that. I like subtle chip. I don't mm-hmm. like people being like, look how funny I am. That's just, a, I don't like that. Uh, also, Spider Man like was stern as fuck. I love you. <laughs> yeah. I love you like a brother. Look That's how funny I, I like am, you. Jeff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Spidey, Spidey wasn't fucking around. He was this stern was like, as shit. This was like Life Story Spidey visiting from, yeah, exactly. Earth, <laughs> this from is another issue Earth. Issue
1: 3 of Life Story Spidey.
0: <laughs> well, what do you give this one? <sighs> it's hard. Yeah, but what do you give this yeah.
1: one? I'm hard uh. right now. I give it a seven point five. I do too. I think it's really well done. I think the art's amazing, but if I'm an, I, if I spend three more issues with a mat that's like this, I'll probably drop it because I don't I don't want to spend time with people that I think are unreasonable. Um, I don't like unreasonable people. Listen, Jeff's been a negative quiver full of negative arrows today. Let's talk about last stop on the red. Keep, now, it, keep it rolling. Last step on the red line. <laughs> now, we got an email today from a customer it's just a slash friend that uh, I'm just going to give. This is from Ryan Russell. Uh, hi, Pap Gang. Can I officially request last stop on the red line number one be reviewed on the podcast next week? Thanks, Ryan. Listen, Ryan, we love you. Thanks for sending us an email. Thank you to every single person that's ever sent. In the last month and a half, we've gotten two voicemails and an email, two voicemails and two emails. Emails, yeah. So
0: that's you know more than the hundred episodes before it combined. (laughs) So listen, we we would like to like we we call this our podcast, but this is your podcast. This is going in your goddamn ears. So we want
1: everyone to to make this what they want. We. we, I genuinely love getting to waste time um, bantering with each other about questions. That's awesome.
0: We, Ryan, let's do an all-call-in episode. Oh, oh,
1: my God. That would be awesome. <laughs> so it is episode 131. What episode do we want that to be? Like 140? 150 How about seems one, like like, good one. like if
0: we do 150 and we just tell people to call in or write in with their questions, when we get to 150, then we'll go through all of them. I love whether, that. Whether it takes... Ten minutes or, or three hours, hours. Yeah. yeah, whatever it is. Okay,
1: so <laughs> everyone, get your questions ready. If you have something like this on a week that something is coming out, you want us to review it. Let us know ahead of time. We'll do that on the week that it comes out. Because yeah. that's great. I I loved Ryan. I had already read this book this week when I found this email today. So I was super pumped to see it. See the email, not the book. Um, I would love questions. Of any type for episode 150. That's the thing we're going to start advertising very actively. So very, very good. (laughs) So we, I had read this. I started rereading it. Django and Roman read it after the email came in. Last up on the red line, this is written by Paul Mayberry, art by Sam Lotfi, color by John Rausch, and letters by Adam Pruitt.
0: And then, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the page after the end says a good creative team is worth repeating. And they give us those credits again.
1: Yep. I read this the first time in the evening, about three books into my week, maybe two books into my week, and it frustrated the shit out of me. (laughs) I almost bailed on reading it, and then I pictured me telling Django that I I bailed on reading it, and I was like, no, I have to finish it. I think the art is really cool, but I think that the art... I think the art combined with the scripting... Makes for really difficult following of a story. Even so, I I only made it second, like two. I only made it halfway through on my second read because I found the email today while at work, and then I worked, and then I recorded a podcast. So I didn't get to finish with my second time through. But the the second time through, it did make more sense than the first time through, Hmm. because I was like solving it, and I do like things where I solve it. You know, like Final Crisis. I'm talking about. I love that i did not approach this the first time through as it needing that so i was frustrated even on the second time through i question a lot of the art choices the art looks good but i question those being the images that they're using to try and convey a story what did y'all think
0: i read it once but i read it real slow after you told me that we had a special request to read it and that you had had a hard time with it and um This doesn't feel like somebody who has written comics, and maybe not someone who should publish the comic that they've written until they've had a little more practice, because it didn't make a whole lot of sense, and not even in a way where you're supposed to be lost in solving it. To me, it was like weird jump cuts to shit that i I, I don't For think sure. was I don't think it was intentional. Um, I liked. If, if you read this as a bunch of three-page vignettes, I think it's pretty good. Like, every, every couple of pages, you've got kind of a cool little story going on. And, but but then as soon as you try to put it together into one, it's, it's real tough. And I didn't like the way that they translated the deaf girl's sign language. I
1: do like having American Sign Language in a comic book. I, I, I like think that. I that it was confusing the way they did it. It, it didn't ever it tie to a particular character. Yeah. There are comics that have come out in the last six months that did it well. This was yeah. not one of them. Roman, before we summarize it, what was your opinion of it?
2: <clears throat> I like Django's idea of, you know, if this had been vignettes, that would be better because, yeah, I was – I was very confused. This like is Lamento. This is the co- <laughs> Yeah, this is the comic of the week where more than once, more more than probably 3 times I had to flip back to preceding pages to try and figure out what was going on cuz it's I guess maybe it's apparently in a world where there's where they in a world where there's vampires and werewolves maybe or maybe they're just people that think they're that, but
0: I I, I thought that I, they were well, no, maybe maybe you're right. I thought that they were
2: um, and the were, I mean the werewolf guy looks like pretty werewolf, yeah, but, but yeah, but maybe he's right. just a guy like Logan, but then there's this mole guy with these molly teeth
0: so
1: so let's just <laughs> we start with a weird page that doesn't seem to have much to do with a lot of stuff it is putting this idea of I'm not sure which is scarier when you see the monster when you don't, and then we cut to a new scene where we're on a bus, and there are two people on the bus that are having a conversation that doesn't make much sense between two people.
0: She's mm-hmm. talking about what he's what he's graffitiing on the seat. It seemed like maybe a drug deal <clears throat> also, though.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, maybe. But Yeah, because they're talking to somebody we never see.
1: And then they get off the bus. And it doesn't make sense to me until my second reread through that they were punched off of the bus by somebody they knew who we are seeing out of their eyes Mm -hmm. as somebody else.
0: Whoa. And
1: then that person witnesses from their eyes that this homeless person that was on the bus turns into a demon and kills them. Then we get a full page spread of the person that was behind their eyes going through this psycho void to be waking up in a field. And then we have a police officer investigating the murder on the bus. And then the person who woke up in the field Staring at some geese. It's a yeah, fucking mess. And, yeah, and, and it's. Sorry, Roman. Oh, I sorry. You, I, no, 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 no. I want to hear you jump in.
2: Um, yeah, and it's all. I don't know if this is this becomes important, I guess later, but it's in Boston. Starts off the first pounds Boston Marathon. Oh, I didn't get that. Um, and the and, and, and it's. Bomb?
0: Oh. Is that what happened
2: in? uh
0: 2013 okay okay okay, okay. okay, and yeah
2: they're on the boston metro subway line whatever they call their subways um i don't know where this geese scene is but yeah and and and, well go ahead go ahead with your
1: well so then this police officer is investigating the murder on the bus and she encounters the guy who fell out of the eyes of this other person and he's sign languaging to this girl the police officer then just invites him to her house because we find out later that he apparently rescued the deaf girl from some geese that were attacking her. And while he's on his way in her car to the house, he is seeing during a red light a bunch of demons on the street, and then it goes to green, and he doesn't see them anymore. And then the wife just invites him into the house and saying like, well, "I hear that you're part of like you're in a rehab clinic now. That's great. Here, take some of my husband's clothing." She sits him down on the bed, and then she starts changing in her bra and panties with the bathroom door open while he's in, like, the same room.
2: Yeah, and he makes a point of telling her to stop. He shuts the door, but then the next... voice. But then the next panel, she's in the room with him, still in her bra and panties. Uh, It's just...
1: She invites him for dinner. The husband comes home, asks him to leave, and there's these weird fucking pages where he's at, like, a rehab clinic with these people that think they're monsters or are monsters um it's weird it's weird <laughs> it's very weird <laughs> but we know that there is some possession going on where they're seeing the world behind the eyes of other people and he feels like he's falling through a void when it happens i i read it voluntarily i think it's a mess i it frustrated me
0: i wanted i, I didn't notice this when i was uh picking my books on tuesday but when i saw it on the shelf the cover grabbed me, and yeah. I was like, oh, me, that was mental I note, yeah. I want to read that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have read it if Ryan hadn't called because uh, my brain is like a sieve. Um, but uh, So no offense, Jeff, but what you just spent the last three minutes saying was word salad, and this comic <laughs> book is word salad, and it's kind of like earlier we were talking about like how – I need to wrap my brain around something a little bit better so that I can explain it to other to you specifically. And like, if I'm having a hard time explaining a situation with action figures to you, then it's fucking broken. Because I think I can. If I, I can, can't
1: understand yeah, you. Yeah. Like it's- <laughs> I can
0: drop very very loose things and you can cobble my shit together. And this comic, like, this, I don't think this comic knows itself well enough. To explain what it is.
1: I would give this... I think the art, while not making a ton of sense, was really nice art. I would give it a 3.5 for really Ooh. nice art. Hmm. Fine, you're right. I'll give it a 3 for nice art. i am give it a 3 for nice art. But I even read the afterwards. I was like, what the fuck is all of it?
2: Yeah, because his... Yeah, I'm really curious. I'll, I'll probably read the second issue and maybe give up with that if, unless it starts cohering. Cause I, I, from what he said in his afterward, you know, he's obviously got things he wants to say about Boston, but unlike,
0: I don't live in Boston, but
2: unlike, uh, sounds Al- like
0: you have to know Boston. Yeah.
2: Unlike, yeah. He doesn't explain those things to those of us that don't know who like Mr. Butch, the poet of Boston is and what the, the North side or whatever is. Um, and unlike, like say Alan Moore with, uh, uh, from hell. Yeah. He does. He doesn't give us a feeling for that city, that whatever city he wants to talk about at that time.
1: God, Roman, because you know is Alan Moore gets great, into the soul yeah, of of
2: London clear, at something. the time, and and I think this guy wants to get into the soul of Boston, but I'm not. I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing hints of that soul he wants to show me.
1: Yeah, I. You could cut out everything that I said, and Roman's summary is better than what I said. So what so do, you do you give it, Roman?
2: Uh, <laughs> I'll give it. Uh, God, uh, probably also a four. I mean, the cover grabbed me because I, I have a real affection for subway line maps.
0: Oh. I'm torn because I did like chunks of it. I'm going to give it a five. Um, that's pending the next issue. If the next issue betrays me, it gets a one. Can <laughs> <laughs> uh, we but, do that? Retroactive scoring? Hey, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hear that, Phil? Foul. Fell? Foul. Foul. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give it a 5. I liked I like portions of it even if I was completely lost. It's 3.99. Pick it up. You'll love it. Preferably said the whole podcast. Thanks, Ryan.
1: <laughs> Dude, I would love for more people to do that. <laughs> I would too. Really. Yeah. I, I I Yeah, that's pretty cool. I would love for people to do that and I'm super super glad that you did. So You know, maybe that's
0: maybe that's a Monday thing we can start asking people to do is just What's a book you like want to know? Vote on a
1: book for us to read. Now we're going to do a really quick buckshot round, but here's the thing, everybody. <clears throat> sometimes I start, sometimes Django starts. Today, I have one guest that I really am going to have start it, and I'm kind of buying time while I set the timer, but that person is Roman G. Statler. Get it Statler. now, God.
2: Planet of the Nerds number two. You uh, almost said apes. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um... Another great oh, issue. been an hour but, and a half. Oh, okay. Kay. Man, first apes. word balloon, page one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't realize what y'all were in for today.
2: Infinity Go! buckshot. <laughs> this is another great issue. Hilarious premise. These ner- or jocks from you know mid 80s, early 80s end up in modern times at a comp convention. The, the jerkiest jock one. And he, and one of the he starts making fun of the nerds. One of the nerds dresses Deadpool is all like, "Oh, great cosplay, dude! Let me guess, you're you're Biff Tannen from Back to the Future, right?" You're not gonna make it through three movies. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and, and and this just goes on because he keeps on mentioning these jerks that are just like this jerk from these movies that the jerk has never heard of, and it just it just escalates from there. And the the t- the different time periods because the jerk jock guy uses uh, some. S- some gay slurs that everybody's just like, oh, my God, I'm calling the cops right now. And they just get in worse and worse trouble. And it's good stuff. Uh, did they say Biff Tannen? They did. <laughs> Superman. This is Superman, right? Yeah, Superman 11 by Bendis. I don't remember much about this, but it looks really pretty. Lots of two-page spreads, lots of battles. And at the end, we get the Superman family all back together with Supergirl and Crypto, Superboy, everybody fighting Rogel Czar and Zod and all those. Kaiju Max, as usual, I love this series. I'm going to give this, this one a 10. What? What's your pick this month? It is my pick this about month.
0: You're to make it through four
1: books. Come on. Go, oh, go, 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 go. Gideon
2: Falls. Uh, I was too tired when I read this. I'm not quite hey. sure what it was about, but there's lots of cool, weird panels, some great sound effects that are also panels. It's it's just an innovative, pretty, scary book. The red Ugh. demon thing is doing demon y things with spikes, and oh. Nice. Guys. <laughs>
1: Roman just made it through four books on a book shot.
0: Uh, <laughs> Phil, has that ever happened? Bef- no. Phil no. says one is the Phil most he's ever done before. I thought, I, I, thought I
2: did five once. Uh, it, many, many, many dead. many moons Maybe ago. Braden.
0: Phil says no. Phil no, I, says he did I, five I, over the course of five episodes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Do you want scores? Innovative. Yeah, score
0: them. Innovative is a really good word for Gideon Falls.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I didn't even realize that even at this cover is another one where there's a a, a head profile in the Gears. Every oh, wow.
0: one of them. Yeah. Every one.
2: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gideon Falls, I'm going to give that an 8.5. Kaiju Max, a 10. <laughs> Superman, 11. Ah, boy. Um, I'm going to give that a 7. Um, and Planet of the Nerds, <clears throat> I'm going to give that 7.5.
1: Django,
0: 90 seconds. I read Pearl. This book has has kind of gone back and forth for me. I've really, really enjoyed issues, and I've been really lukewarm on issues. Um, This one gave me all of those experiences in one issue. I thought that the art... is really good on some pages and just looks like Photoshop filters on other pages. It made me want to be a comic book artist because I could do some of these pages better (laughs) than he did um, using the same process and mask my process a little bit better. Um, But the four severed fingers near the end are holy shit good. And uh, a lot of the middle pages are really beautiful art. Um, Yeah, well done, Bendis. Uh, Gatos, you're losing me. Um, Farmhand number eight, Full marks for the sunflower eyes. Sabrina number two is I liked it even more than Sabrina number one this this every once in a while somebody writes a comic not for Django and Django likes it a whole lot anyway and this is a really good example of that
1: except for uh, how thin the paper cover is
0: yeah, whatever they can't all be black badge with this thick old fat paper Cars cover um, black badge is that like the the plot thickens a lot with black badge in this issue and i want i just want this to be a a, like an hbo tv show i also read american carnage it was rad fuck you roman
1: django i uh i'm done (laughs) i love your description of pearl because i maybe it's maybe it's like my hidden narcissism that's maybe not that hidden i don't know um When I love art, which is often, it's because I'm like, I could do this. Like, the art that (laughs) I love inspires me to be like, I could do this. Maybe I'm gonna throw it all away and start writing. Maybe I'm gonna throw it all away and just do music. I'm gonna throw it all away and do coding. That's new.
0: The thing for me on that though is, it's not that I think I would be good at it. It's that I think that this is bad enough that I could do it. Like, I think of myself as a graphic designer, not an artist and i think of this as cheating in photoshop not art yeah. and and I, like i feel bad saying that because there are some really beautiful panels in there but man spend another week on it put the issue out a week late and don't make it so obvious that you're just running some artists through through or some some photos through filters jeff i'm going to give some scores here yeah please uh pearl i'm going to give a 6 it would be an eight without the art problems I had. Farmhand, uh, nice
1: flowers in the eyes.
0: The flowers in the eyes are awesome. This issue made me think I'm gonna finish the second trade and start trade waiting. That might change my entire way of collecting and reading comic books. Whoa! Don't by the tell way.
1: The, everyone that.
0: No, I, I think I think trade waiting for some things is is perfectly acceptable.
1: The Sabrina paper stock. Oh yeah. Caused me. I picked it up to start reading it. I'm excited to read it. I loved issue one. I. I just couldn't read the issue. I, I will read it, but it is the flimsiest cover paper I've ever felt on a comic book.
0: It's also three ninety nine. Would you be as upset about it if it was two ninety nine?
1: No. Okay. I, but I looked at the price after th- I after did that. Seen, same. Yeah. I was like, this is so cheap. How, oh, same price. Damn.
0: Uh, Farmhand gets a seven. Sabrina gets a seven and a half. Black Badge gets an eight. Also, while I'm reading Black Badge, I don't care that much. Okay. But it's a really well done comic. American Carnage, uh, nine and a half. Every every time that comic kills it. If you're not reading American Carnage, uh, man, I guess we'll get the trade volume one in pretty soon.
1: I think it's gonna be like ten or twelve <laughs> issues or something. Really? We haven't even they haven't even solicited the first collection yet, and we're seven issues out.
0: Oh, so the trade's gonna be ten or twelve. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. want this to be a sixty issue series. I, yeah, I, I think it deserves it. Jeff, go.
1: I'm going to talk about War of the Realms number four. Ladies and gentlemen, I've been a very bad boy. I read issue one and liked it very much and then didn't read anymore. Thought I should correct that error, so I pulled War of the Realms number four. Uh, Stand at the Black Bridge, Jason Aaron Russell Douterman. This book is really fucking good. Pause. It's really good. <laughs> I don't like Thor mythology. I love Jason Aaron's full Thor run. This is amazing. The Russell Douderman art. Jango, you were right. I kind of fought you on it a little bit at first. You You're like, some of his faces aren't super great. I listened to a different podcast. They they phrase it really well. Uh, I think characters he's not that familiar with, he might have a hard time drawing. Your complaint was about a a Thor face. I I don't know, but um, the art in this book, I think, is phenomenal. It just... Every page, I was like, This is beautiful. There are components of this story I don't care that much about. If you put Ghostwriter on there, I'm probably not going to read that panel. It is <laughs> so good, though. There are, like, this one dealt a lot with Freya having her last stand trying to destroy the Black Bifrost, which is what Malekith is using to transport people all over the globe. Odin is like, I gotta go help my fucking wife. And he's like, how do I do it? And Tony Stark and this dwarf dude have crafted a golden Iron Man suit for Odin that he shows up in. (laughs) And they start defending and destroying this arc thing. And he's like, listen, if we die together, that's fine. But we're going to make out in hell. And she's like, you've never turned me on so much. (laughs) It is an amazing comic. (laughs) That's my buckshot. shot. There's a <laughs> lot more I could talk about with it, but it is it is amazing. I really am going to read the whole thing. Um, events, I'm skeptical about. This one, I think, is amazing. I should never doubt Jason Aaron and Russell Douderman as a pair, but this is yeah. so, so good. I would give this one a 9. I didn't even read 2 and 3, and I was able mm. to just get in there. Wow. Every corner of this thing is exploring... Something that is very interesting, with I, the
0: possible exception of the uh, Ghost Rider pages. Yeah, I, panels. Sorry, j
1: And it's just that, like, <laughs> I just can't do it. It's not that it's bad. It's just like guy in a flaming car with a skull mask is just not. I can't even genuine. I can't even create the interest. But the corner of the world that he's in and what he's doing is interesting. But I just don't want to. I don't want to do
2: that. So. Isn't is it a surprise cuz yeah, I didn't I wasn't looking forward to War of the Realms and somehow and now reading them I'm I'm saying to myself, "Wow, how how did you not think this would be awesome? Russell Douterman and Jason Aaron, you love I love their Thor run.
1: The art just like pulls you through every the story is great as well, but you're just yeah. like, "What the fuck is the next page going to look like?" It's it's incredible.
0: Um, can I What did you give it a score? Yeah, I gave it a 9. Can I give a score for something we don't usually give scores for? Uh, lettering. No, I want to give your review a nine. Oh, uh, that was really well done. I Thanks. Yeah. especially was interested in the Odin Christensen voice that you did. Did I do that? You Who's did, Odin Christensen? You, you did Jay as Odin. Oh, <laughs> did I? Yeah, when? I gotta find my <laughs> <I> wife. <gotta laughs> find my wife. <laughs> and then uh, I also uh, I like I like. The way that you described it, it sounded like um, Jason Aaron sitting inside of a Scott Snyder robot I was just driving, say, it. doing cocaine. With Scott yeah. Snyder, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But it's so much more grounded and internally consistent. And there's this love for it. I, mm. if you're burnt out of Marvel events, this is one that should change things. I don't. What I think, honestly, the thing that has deterred me from reading is that Art Adams is doing all the covers, and I have a lot of respect for him as an artist. But his covers are too cartoony for me. They don't capture the tone of what this is at mm. all.
0: Uh, at I all, I love his art. Okay. I do too. I love his art. And it, it matches Russell Dodderman. Like if Russell Dodderman spent colors, all day sure. long doing lines. But there is yeah. On I keep this on thinking covered, it is
1: Russell Dodderman. There's the a cover. giant creature in the back that I don't know who it is, and you can't see their face. But here's their breasts and arms, and I don't know what's going on there. I
2: can't see it well enough to. Is it Surtur?
1: Sure, Except dead. but the moment that Odin and Freya have at the end is truly incredible. Uh, I don't know if they die together or what, but she's like, "Why have you waited thousands of years to finally turn me on?" <laughs> and it's like, you're like, "Ooh, I want to have sex today." Like it was good. Can, can I
2: do a little addendum?
1: Yeah, did you read it?
2: I haven't read okay. it yet. I was going to read the War of the Realms Spider-Man with a helmet, whatever. Yeah. His addendum is, you, fu- you spoiled but, it. But, Fuck you. But it, that says on the first page you can't read it until you read that, okay. so I haven't read it yet. But I did read War of the Realms Giant Man, which I have to say was act- is actually pretty clever. That's my fear. Because it's all that – the setup is that it's these giant Marvel characters, the, people, the guys that can grow giant, mm-hmm. um, that Freya recruits to go and infiltrate the Frost Giants – and there's a lot of great humor in it because, like, one of the guys, uh, Goliath, can only grow to 25 feet. Mm. All the, the other three can all grow to, like, 65 feet. So i like, well, we'll pretend you're, like, you're, like, our giant kid. And he's like, fuck you guys. And I could I get bigger. And he's mm-hmm. like, Ugh! and he gets, like, five feet bigger. And they're like, okay, you got a little older.
1: What I also <laughs> want to mention is that I think Jason Aaron quietly writes these amazingly strong female protagonists. Uh, and he, he yeah. does it forefront but it never feels at all like it's a thing that he's trying to do. It feel like mm-hmm. he he quietly <clears throat> writes the I think the best, strongest women. And you know, people call me out if that that seems like a shitty thing to say, but maybe we need it more loud and on the notes. But I like it to really feel like the story is, is making that and deserves it. And and in here it just makes so much sense that all of these women are the most badass people in it. And it's not like that scene in Endgame, spoilers, where you know you get the pan of all the women doing it, like it, it, it that was awesome. But it also was like, okay, yeah, we're doing this because right now we need this. Uh, he he's doing it because it's like, yeah, we've always been doing this, but we haven't been, you know. So it's it just yeah. it's it was it's so
0: much better. So yeah, a couple but, things. Yeah, that pan shot. Yeah. From Endgame. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Endgame yet and you're worried about spoilers, uh, re-examine your priorities because <laughs> fuck you. It's been two weeks. It's been it's two been and, and a half weeks. weeks since, yeah, yeah. Um, That Wait, scene.
1: I haven't read American Carnage and Django, like the first thing he said to me was, fix your shit. And I was like, <laughs> man, we haven't even been friends yet today.
0: <laughs> it's only been out for seven hours. <laughs> um, the That scene where it pans across all the all the <laughs> girls getting ready to kick ass to protect the the glove right. you know whatever the scene um that's a mirror of a scene from oh the, from the first avengers from the first the, the the movie before it okay from uh infinity war there's there's a shot where like they're fighting in wakanda and the girls go to battle together and it's like it's it's just four, three or four women on the in the battle in that mm. one, and like just to see how many more players they have in the final episode of twenty some Marvel movies. Uh, it, like, Only I
1: two I, years or a year and a half.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like they added a bunch of people, but but they just had like or organically had that many more people in the battle mm-hmm. that were women who who got to go fight people also earlier i said i want to see hickman write dc i don't want to see jason aaron write dc i'm 100 percent happy with him at marvel and yeah. i can't think of who i would want him to write at dc
1: this seems like a really good moment to uh transfer to the follow-up email question from last week which yeah. is Andrew Carlson wrote us last week. He said, Who is your favorite hero and villain from either Marvel or DC? And we, we did a big old answer about that. But Django gave an awesome suggestion, which is let's do the same answer next week, but our favorite female, because we did all men. And, you know, that sucks. But also, we're men, and there's been a lot more men in comics. And like, like that sucks 60 too. 60
0: years of dudes yeah. in but the fuck forefront. That.
1: <laughs> you know, fuck that. Um, so, yeah, we thought about it, and I've got answers. And I'll give my first answers. Uh, my favorite female hero from either universe is Sue Storm.
2: Ah, mm. Took mine.
1: Yeah, well, fuck you.
2: And
0: you share, <laughs> Jesus, guys. She is
1: incredibly intelligent, incredibly powerful, and uh, doesn't feel at all a counterpart to Reed. She feels like her own lead character, and um, it feels like. She's keeping him afloat as much as he's keeping her afloat. I, I think she's fucking amazing. I just wish that Namor would quit hitting on her. So, Sue Storm. And then my favorite female villain is Talia al Ghul. Hmm.
0: Motherfucker. We're going to have to share. Because uh, <laughs> I think she's
1: a total badass, and I think that she is just sly as fuck, but also brilliant. She re- you know, uh, leads that organizational leviathan. I think Graham Morrison's run probably... Really did that to me, but she, she's so manipulative and uses, uh, you know, everything. And, she, you know, she uses all the people around her, and you can't, no one can trust her. Uh, I think she's a great villain. I love reading any story with her in it. So those are my two favorite f- um, female heroes and villains, and there's a <laughs> Invisible Woman series that's going to be starting here pretty soon. Really? Who's doing it? I
0: forget who's doing it. That sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is gonna get cut out for sure. <laughs>
1: Roman, what's your shit?
2: Sue Storm and Tanya Well, I was gonna say, yeah, Sue Storm, um, for all the reasons you said. But he That sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well you know I can also say Wonder Woman's way up there for me. I mean not any of the recent Iterations of Wonder Woman, but Some Graham Orzin's. <clears throat> oh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, I really did like that. But when they heavily like George, like this is going way back, but George Perez is where he heavily got into the mythology and, and the symbolism of her. I like that a lot. Um, and current new ones would be The Wasp, Unstoppable I Wasp. I thought about doing The Wasp because mm-hmm. yeah.
1: I'm so in love with her in that series. Yeah. Not romantic love, but I just love yeah. what they're doing with she's her. She's such an
2: admirable character. I mean, she's so positive and. You know, she was raised in this isolated torture environment almost, unsocialized, and the way she's overcome that and and overcome other problems, um, dealing with mental issues and stuff. It's just, it's just a really positive series, positive character. What about the villains? Boy, that's a tougher one. I was trying to think. Um, There's a lot less female villains to choose. Like, yeah, and I think, I think
0: like, hero- heroes are mostly dudes with a handful of women. Mm-hmm. Villains are dudes, and you got a few women. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, like, one of them that came to mind right away... Is it Madam
1: Mask? Because for some reason, she kept coming to my mind, and I don't think I've ever read a comic. Really? (laughs) (laughs) No, she has got a
2: great look. Emma Frost used to be one of my favorite female villains, but mm -hmm. then they kind of made her into a hero in a way. Just, like, a shitty good guy. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. shitty good guy. Um, Catwoman used to be one of my favorite villains, but she's no longer a villain.
1: Catwoman, I... Struggled with putting in one of those two spots as well. Yeah,
2: I always liked the Enchantress. I so liked...
1: where did you finalize yourself?
2: Um. I always she hasn't been around in a while, but the Red Skull's daughter, Sin. Yeah, she's Sin pretty was cool, good and the baker yeah. stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Yeah. Um. I've got two answers.
1: We did two for everything last time,
0: so. Well, no two Hope two so. answers. For hero and two answers for villain but only two characters
1: oh you're like an anti-hero
0: i don't know where to put catwoman yeah but she's street smart badass holds her own against batman is bad and also (laughs) not bad like she she's morally broken in some areas but she's not ethically broken i guess maybe is 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 the way i would put it um and i i i really like her character
1: i would put her in hero now i would kind of put her in hero always i really? mean i guess i haven't read silver age stuff
0: do you ever read year one bro yeah i've read year
1: one <laughs> <indeed>.
0: <laughs> i mean she's she's always been batman's foil and i guess that doesn't automatically make her a villain but I, guess I, I think she can be both. I don't she's think a that
1: thief. she hurts people.
0: No, but she steals from people, right. which is not think a she victimless wants crime. to
1: cause pain.
0: No, she's not a sadist.
1: For which, it, yeah, I guess she's a that's thief. where I draw the villain line.
0: People who shoplift dramas aren't sadists, but they're thieves. I would put them in the bad guy category. Yeah. Right, like, maybe not villain, but bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bad guy or bad girl. <clears throat> I would say my other one, who I can't really tell you where they fall, is Electra.
1: Oh, that's a really good one.
0: Right? Like, she's not on the good side. She's not on the bad side. She's kind of on her own side. Yeah. And I guess both of those are kind of cheats, and also maybe both kind of a thing that comics do to women.
1: I was just going to say, I think that more than anything that speaks to sort of the role of women in comic books, which is why do we... And I think that it speaks to the male domination of the medium, which is to say that if females can be this other, which means they can either be good or bad. Right. And, and only from the perspective of a male-dominated thing, only from the perspective of if it's all men talking about it, which is not good for the industry. And I love that we're at a point of changing that. But there are a lot of you know, female characters c- that could be either good or bad. And I, and I think that speaks to the to the argument that comic books, especially in the past, were a very male-dominated thing.
0: And I hope it doesn't take another 70 years to get to a point where females can be good or bad. Like, we ha- like Red Skull, never been a good guy, as far as I know. Yeah. Right? Batman, never been a bad guy for more than an issue or Joker? two. Joker?
1: Been a bad guy and a good Been
0: guy. Ba- uh, sure.
1: Ish. White Knight? Oberon Sexton?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Elseworlds. Yeah.
1: Doesn't Oberon count. Sexton <laughs> is not Elseworlds. No. Oberon Sexton is not. But uh,
0: if I had to choose solid hero heroine girls redundant know, like, Yeah, uh, Ms. Marvel uh, and Batgirl. Yeah. Batgirl, partly because yeah. I love that costume that I talked about last week. Yeah. And villain, obviously, Talia yeah.
1: We have three minutes to talk about Batman.
0: It was good. Seems arbitrary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Batman. Well, it's not arbitrary to you who doesn't have to edit the podcast.
0: <laughs> Batman 71 by Tom King with art by Mikhail Janin and Jorge Fornes. Let's just Colors? off <laughs> slow. Jury sure Jeff. Belair. Jeff's got nothing to do. <laughs> intruder. 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 So this... Intruder. Wait, this, I'm reading the issue for yeah, the I, people. Yeah. This Turn the page.
1: takes place over two time periods... Um, the first is everyone realizing that Batman has lit a red bat signal, and the second is the crew that gathers at that red bat signal storming into Arkham.
0: No, into the, Arkham.
1: sorry, sorry, they that's the, still the same one. They storm into Arkham. The second is Batman after that going to his house, and there has been an intruder alert, and it is his father from another reality and Bane, and Alfred tells him, buddy, I love you, but you lost. And he fights Bane, and Bane beats his ass. Uh, it's
0: so good.
1: It's really good. It It's really <sighs> good. And that was a really abrupt description because we are running long on time, but it, it did make me feel like man, we're doing this thing where Either Batman is able to see through the fog better than anybody, and he realizes that we're all being deceived, or he's being deceived. That's a story that's been done. And that's not a, that's not negative because this is really well done, but that's a familiar thing that's been done. and I, I just want to know at this point. or I just want I want to get through that. I don't need a, I don't need a whole arc saying like, well, do we all question Batman because maybe he's right? Or is he actually right? We know he's Batman. He's right. Bane's yeah. here doing this. So that was my feeling about it. Um, Art's amazing.
0: And, and and the way that they used the two artists on the issue worked so well. Mm-hmm. Like having, mm-hmm. having one for each timeline and the – the Mikhail and stuff, like with, with Batgirl, who's not in the costume that I love so much. The new one. But it's almost the costume that I love so much. Um, that that shot of her jumping over the city is, yeah. I want a poster of that. Yeah. And I don't even put posters up in my house because I'm an adult. He says that, but I've been <laughs> in his house. He it's loves posters. posters. It's full of posters.
1: <laughs> I love the scene of everybody <clears throat> receiving the message, like, he just shows a red bat signal for a half a second. I mean, Gordon's like, what the fuck is he doing? And he mentions that to Barbara, and then Barbara secretly tells every Bat Family member, yeah, it was a red bat signal. Everyone's just like, I'll be there. Except for Stephanie Brown, who isn't in the universe right now, so she doesn't answer her phone. Dick Grayson, who's like, no, I, I get it, and I really am sorry, but that's just not who I am right now.
0: I don't think you mean Dick Grayson.
1: I mean Rick Grayson. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Jason Todd, who's just being an ass, which... I, I dig that too, but
0: tell bats I bought a new crowbar just so I can shove it up his.
1: Yeah, the thing that was confusing to me about that is there's a penguin right behind him.
0: Yeah, I thought it was penguin too. Also, he has a long nose there. I was not impressed with that panel. I went back yeah. to it two or three times. Yeah, to figure but the, it out.
1: the stuff right now at Red Hood and the Outlaws is dealing with Penguin. So I don't know if oh. we're just not reading that book.
0: I'm definitely, I know I'm not reading I that. And then you get the next
1: page, and it's Jorge Fornia doing the most beautiful dining room scene by Firelight with shadows with Bane and Thomas and Alfred and Batman. Like, what the fuck? That's an amazing piece of art.
0: You know what I'm going to do tonight?
1: Scan that and put a poster up I'm gonna, in your I'm house. Gonna, another I'm, another homemade Django poster for your home.
0: I'm going to get... Uh,
1: All the other posters are just pictures of himself. I'm going to get Twitter
0: famous. <laughs> yeah? I'm going to take... I'm going to scan that picture. Mm-hmm. And instead of having Bane say, Welcome home, Bruce. I'm going to have Bane on one end of the table saying to Bruce, dressed as Batman, standing on the other end of the table, Pass the... Salt... That's a Batman 89 joke, guys. Justin would have got it. Like, the Where's soup needs Justin?
1: salt? The soup's cold?
0: Where, uh, no. in, in, in oh. It's a special Batman no himalayan Can you salt. Can cut that out? Batman 89?
1: <laughs> like, the Michael Keaton
0: movie? <laughs> yeah, like, he, he and Vicky Vale are, are, are sitting way across the table from each other, and he's like, um, could you pass the salt? And she's, you know, 30 feet away from him at the end of this long table. It's a good little gag. Oh, yeah. All right, fine. Maybe I'm not going to get fucking internet famous on that. You know what is interesting about that picture though? That is a good page. That's that's a great page. Yeah. It's also in one of the timelines. The next story page is a double page doing the is same Is another thing. double page doing the same thing and Batman's in the same pose facing his friends instead of his enemy. Yeah. So it's, like, the next page is Batman basically doing the same thing with his family in front of him.
2: God, I love the when Alfred helps him up and he's telling him that, you know, just his dialogue about how you, all these years, you know, helped you fight and you've got to admit you've lost. It's like, oh, man.
0: Okay, so here's my question about that. Because Bane, like, skinny-looking Bane kicks the fuck out of Batman.
2: This was well done, and I but I agree with you. I want... To get to the end of this and find out, okay, is everybody, Batman's figured out and nobody else has? That's or been the a other, story that's
0: been done a lot. Yeah,
2: or the other way around. Batman's just, like, traumatized and heartbroken and messed up and psycho pirates behind it or something.
0: I'm in no hurry. I'm perfectly happy to watch the watch the ship fall down around Which him. is,
1: like, the exact opposite of our Naomi conversation for the last, like, several months.
0: Yeah, but this feels like it's going somewhere. And something different happens in every yeah. issue, even yeah. if they're even if they were telling the same story in the same time, five issues in a row, it's a totally different perspective on it each time. yeah. and And I really appreciate that because, yeah, Tom King said he's got one hundred and two or one hundred and four issues planned for this. yeah, and I'll bet he could have done it in seventy five. But I sure I'm enjoying it. Jorge Forez can do. Whatever he wants, and I'll read it.
1: Yeah, and I I would say my frustration is, is literally a byproduct of how excited I am and how much I love it.
0: Yeah, just give uh, us two issues a week, Tom.
1: Yeah, and it's ridiculous. We're getting two a month, and I'm being impatient. That's not fair. That's <laughs> me being irrational. So, Jango, I would say that you are right. But I, this bit, I don't want to languish again. I guess a, a theme for this week for me was kind of languishing in moments I don't love. And... Sure. And and this was, again, like, I get it. I get it. We did this a couple issues ago. Is Batman crazy or does he actually see the truth?
0: He punched Tim at the end. He's obviously he, crazy.
1: He punched Tim at the end. Well, listen, everybody, <laughs> y'all just missed a 45-minute conversation about halftones and Zipatone, but I am Jeff, and I love comics and I'm excited to be talking to you every week and I'm also really fucking excited to talk to Django and Roman every week and have just gentle ribbing conversations.
2: I'm Django. <laughs> I'm Roman and my eyes are full of zipatone dots.
1: Yeah, he had to listen to us argue about <laughs> the most
0: ridiculous
2: shit I didn't even in the notice the, the dots in this issue. <laughs> so it's great hearing you guys go talking about
0: it we'll see you next week for 132 132 hey send in your questions for 150 call them in send us a sound file send us an email we're gonna
1: make a big physical thing trying to make sure people in the store know that we're trying to get this done so you know, 150 is gonna be all questioner uh, it's gonna be good i love you goodbye i love you goodbye i love you goodbye